We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colm Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. It is a bonus edition of Rotoviz Overtime as we are live on the clock in the FFPC main event draft. It is the high stakes version, it is a $1,900 buy-in, it is a lot of fun as we go through this draft. It's fast paced, and it's high action as we try and make those decisions while on the clock. Uh, we've enjoyed bringing you these drafts over the last uh, month or so. It's been a lot of fun to split them up. Lots of positive feedback. So hopefully you have enjoyed them. If you have enjoyed them, drop us a written review on your favorite podcast app. That is much appreciated. Make sure you're subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get all those shows once they come out. Usually they are up there a little bit earlier, maybe 8 to 12 hours ahead of the main feed. So get them once you have that opportunity to listen in getting on the action but uh sean we are at the kind of nearly at the halfway point of this 20 round draft it's going pretty interesting so far we've got ourselves a couple more running backs that people might be expecting we've got ourselves some nice wide receivers and tight ends as well but we will march forward but uh things are going pretty well so far hopefully they continue that way I think so. This has been a fun draft to this point. We've made some unusual decisions. We have too many running backs, but we needed to extend <laughs> one of these after the extreme zero RB build the other day. Uh, got a lot of pushback from the receivers in that one. This time, I feel like we'll get pushback from our fans, which is always good too, right? So when people are asking us why we got the running backs, we'll have to come up with a good answer for that. Uh, in the listener leagues, the answer has been these guys are four or five rounds below ADP and the wide receivers are wiped out. Uh, Colin, when we do the wrap up, we'll discuss why we made some of these picks. But at this point, uh, let's let's see how we go the rest of the way. We've got 12 more picks we need to execute with the lack of wide receivers currently on our roster. So, Sean, we are in the ninth round. We are on the clock. Things are playing out quite well for us so far. We do have a core of three running backs, four wide receivers, one tight end. Some options that are available for us here at this point. We did talk with DJ Chark previously. Chark is still on the board. He's probably somebody who's going to be in contention now. We've talked with Will Fuller previously. Rondell Moore is somebody we like. Mike Kosicki is also in play. So um, 
I think we're we're looking at those wide receivers, and I know we really do love Rondell Moore and what we expect from him this season. I think though, after talking through the scenario with DJ Chark, if he is there at this point, I think it's another one of those where if he's lasted that full range of picks to get back to us, I think that would probably be the selection. But we did talk about Will Fuller. We haven't yet talked about Rondell Moore. Um, how much are we we willing to stretch to get Rondell Moore? You've mentioned that this week in the drafts uh, over the past couple of days for the main event that he has been going uh, a little bit higher and as i mentioned that dj chark is off the board so rondell moore might now become a consideration yeah he's been going early in round 11 and so if we pass on him in the sort of 9 10 area he's a little bit more unlikely to come back than we might like although once you get into the double digit rounds you, you expect to see people uh bigger reaches, bigger falls. And so definitely not out of the equation entirely. Colin, we're kind of coming back to the situation now where a Ronald Jones and Tony Pollard will potentially be there for us. And as we mentioned, we could get some exposure to that Thursday night game with those guys. Uh, we're a little bit overweight now at running back with the A.J. Dillon selection, but with DJ Chark and Will Fuller being selected, I think that wide receiver has suddenly dried up for us. I know we talked about it on the first portion of the, the show as the draft continues here, but um, tight end was somewhere where we, we talked about would we wait. Gasecki is one of those guys that I, I really do like, so he would be there as well. But um, I think the way the draft's playing out here, the value is at the running back position. And, and for me, I think the exposure to that game um, on Thursday Night Football and getting Ronald Jones in there, who I still think has huge breakout in him uh i would be leaning towards jones have you a, a different preference at the running back position um the only other option for for that game really is is pollard who goes later and then and bernard who goes later but is, is consistently climbing up draft boards as we're back on the, the clock yeah i, I mean I, it might make sense to wait on a bernard to see if he's there for us in round 11 uh Gesicki, the other maybe interesting choice here this is about his range and with Fuller not being someone who's going to be on the roster, we could get exposure to that Dolphins team that way. I think that tight end is probably a more important position for us right now than running back. And the likelihood that we have at least one of those two guys in terms of Jones and Pollard in round 10 would kind of make me lean toward the tight end here. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, I was... Uh... I was pumping the tight ends earlier. I didn't think that we could turn things around. Where I was, I was waiting to hold out for for Komet. The concern and the, the reason I like to get somebody like Gasecki there is now that we have Fant and Gasecki, we have you know two. We can still plug in two if we do need to do that. We have the upside of the the two young guys potentially breaking out, and we also don't have to to go and really push it out for the likes of a Komet. And Komet is the guy we're we're targeting there. I know you mentioned Fairmouth, but I, I do think um, we're going to see a situation where Gizeki is ready to step in from, from the very start. Um, how close, just out of interest, have you Gizeki to Komet? Uh, they're in different tiers, but Komet's someone we don't really have any idea about. He could be a guy who takes that big step forward. I, mean, I, I like him in the same way that last year we liked TJ Hawkinson, we liked Noah Fant. You know, Hawkinson and Fant didn't actually make the step to the range where they would help you compete with those top tight ends. Hopefully this season they will. I think Komet gets into that range where he outperforms 
the tight ends taken in the four or five tight end slots ahead of him. It may still be another season before you can get to that elite level. Uh, the Bears are still doing some squirrely things <laughs> overall. Obviously, they have generated some enthusiasm with the Justin Fields selection and then how well he's played. And yet, Nagy has gotten a lot of criticism for how he's handled uh, so many things over this preseason and you know several years that have, have just transpired. And so we want to be a little bit careful as well in terms of how we approach that tight end and just how much expectation we have. I mean, he's someone who it makes sense to add into a lot of builds late, not necessarily someone that you want to look at and say, well, this guy solves all of our tight end problems. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, when I would be usually building my teams out, I, I do have, no, I won't say quite a few, but I have teams with Gasecki. I have a lot of dynasty rosters specifically with Gasecki, but in terms of season long or best ball, in this range, it tends to be I've gone with the wide receivers and the tight ends early. And then at that particular point, I'm trying to hit, you know, James Conner, Ronald Jones, AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard. But when we have the bill there, um, I, I really like going the tight end at that particular point. Um, so we are on the turn next. We're two picks away. We're at the 10.04 is our selection. So we have touched on Rondell Moore. He would be the wide receiver target. We would be taking him ahead of ADP, but he probably isn't going to come back to us at that point. We do still have the options of Ronald Jones there, Zach Moss there. Um, are we are we going to lean in and take the likes of Moss or Jones? Or are we going to take the jump in and go for Ronald Moore? Rondell Moore, sorry. Well, I think that ideally, you know, we take these guys when we're in position within our drafts to do that. And so, you know, with having both Moss and Jones here, unless they go on these consecutive next two picks, which is always possible, then I, I think we have to do it. And I think that, you know, Jones is maybe the guy who – Again, with that Thursday night game, if he comes out and he gets two touchdowns, then it, it just it makes it very clear in terms of you know what you can accomplish by plugging him into the starting lineup, winning in week one. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, I think uh, at the moment there's one pick to go. Jamal Williams has come off the board. Uh, that leaves us with either Moss or Jones. So with the Thursday night football game, that would give the tiebreaker to Ronald Jones. If we weren't talking Thursday night football, we were just in a normal format. Are you taking Jones over Moss or are you taking Moss over Jones? I know we've started to draft more Devin Singletary recently, but um, of those two guys, who's the, the option for you? And we do have our, our pick here, but I think the Thursday night football is going to make that selection for us. Yeah, it is. I, I have them very close. I think that Moss is has a, a slight edge because the potential is there for him to fall into a ton of high-value touches it's a little bit more difficult to see that with Jones. There's a chance that uh, Fernet might be the guy around the goal line. We're very confident that Bernard will be the guy to have the receptions. But Jones is the huge talent in that backfield. And so that's something we also want to bet on. It turns out that we didn't have the option of Rondell Moore because he did go ahead of us. So that's about around ahead of ADP. Again, once you get into these double digit rounds, here, you're going to have that kind of thing happen. You can't count on the guy being exactly in the spot but Colin Moore on the clock Moss Jones both available it sounds like Ronald Jones is the direction yeah that's the way I, I would like to go it gives you that advantage too I know we like Bernard we could wait and take him but the way things will play out he, he may not be there 
Sean, we you mentioned at the start to have more exposure to the running back position than we did in our, our previous one, but uh yeah, this is this is working out quite quite nicely for us. We've got two of our favorite targets we've been hitting all season and Jones and Dylan, and then we have Sermon who you obviously have talked about in the zero rb piece and then we have deandre swift which which is in a, a really nice position there we've got our four wide receivers um so i think that um it's gonna be interesting sean i'm just getting your thoughts on ronald jones going off the board at the 1002 um real increase in adp over the preseason period is that a point now where uh, we, we wouldn't be making that reach uh, i i've been kind of hoping to get him in the 11th 12th and, and most of those drafts uh, over the last month but um i think we're starting to get into a, a really high spot i wouldn't necessarily say that i mean he's probably fairly valued in round 10 and so if you feel like you want to have him need to have him and you're not confident he's going to come back i would take him in that range i think he's going to score a ton of points uh deandre hopkins presence will leave him a lot of great coverage situations. They're going to have manufactured touches for him. You know, perhaps DeAndre Hopkins misses a bunch of games with COVID exposures, and then you have the wide receiver one target situation. And so with all that being the case, no, I don't think that he's overvalued in that range. It's always unfortunate when the guys who were great values start to rise up the board. I think you can still select him there. Now I think that we have to hope that Henry Ruggs comes back to us because we're going to be very thin at wide receiver. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out here. Um, I would I would expect him to be there though, unless there's there's another uh, pick here from somebody who's been listening to our shows over the last uh, couple of weeks. I probably uh, look there's probably other people talking about Ruggs as well, but I think we've probably talked more positively about him over the last month than than most spots after after how things played out the last season. But it is going to be a situation here where we're a little bit better if, if he does go off the board at that particular point. Um, we'll see how it plays out, but if it's a case that that might be that. Uh, pivot point to a quarterback if Ruggs is gone is that is that how you're feeling at the moment I think so I think that's the direction we go if ADP suggested if Ruggs isn't there that we'd be able to go with Justin Fields and then Joe Burrow I really like that combination I know it creates a lot of risk for week one with you know the dearth of of real quality options to pick in round 17 18 19 I'd be fine with adding Ryan Fitzpatrick for a third quarterback to have that week one coverage, uh, knowing that, you know, we'll obviously move out of those guys as the season goes along. You know, it, sometimes it's actually better <laughs> to have a little bit of an open spot on your roster because if you have someone that you really like that you drafted in round 18, round 19, and they don't do a lot in week one, but you still believe in them, and there are two or three options that are just no-brainer waiver ads, and you bid a little bit low as a result – and then you don't get them, you know, you hold your guy, you've got that roster clogger for multiple weeks. Now, I'm not saying that that's the, you know, obviously the way that it would always work out. Sometimes that guy you really loved comes out and, and you know, you cut him and then the week after he blows up and then you've got to spend half your budget to get him back. And so, you know, we can't tell the future, but there are some different things that we can do as we look through how this draft would go. I think we still don't know what Fields is going to be. I think we still don't know what, Burrow's going to be with the addition of Chase. And so the possibilities there are pretty intriguing. I think that you can't count on just one of them. Now, uh, 
Fields actually goes with Tom Brady at the 10-11 turn to the Christian McCaffrey drafter. So another kind of interesting thing that he's done there. Lance is still available. I mean, he's he's just so trendy. I would be surprised if he makes it back to our pick. Uh, most of the players we've really been targeting in the odd rounds have gone, you know, three or four picks ahead of us. Again, that's not necessarily a huge surprise. You could expect other people to be also be on those guys. You wouldn't necessarily expect to get values on the players who have a lot of momentum right now, but it has been a little bit disappointing. At the same time, uh, the team that we've drafted looks really good to me. And now the key to these last 10 rounds is to make sure we're doing the necessary things to give ourselves some upside, not being overconfident in these picks, but continuing to add players who could potentially help us. Now we've got rugs, Handler, someone we try and draft everywhere. He's not been going that early the last couple of days. So we don't know for sure just how early we need to reach for him. If we don't reach and he goes, we'll be pretty disappointed. If we do reach, then you're giving up that chance to actually have a good player in the last couple of rounds. Column Jalen Rager, another second year sort of post-hype or bounce-back player in the same vein as Ruggs has been going in round 14, even after practicing extremely well. There is some concern he might not even be the number two receiver with how well Quez Watkins is playing. Watkins, fantastic profile coming into the NFL. Sort of weird that he fell as far as he did in the NFL draft. And then you have the situation where he plays behind Hightower as a rookie. And yet he's now emerged and is doing kind of what we expected. The Smith, Rager, Watkins, three wide receiver set for the Eagles is more dynamic than I think a lot of people were anticipating. Is Rager one of these guys where uh, being a little bit light at wide receiver, now he's someone we're definitely hoping falls. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I think so. And I think something that's happened, you know, I mentioned with Thomas, I think sometimes the narrative that comes out can 
skew the ADP quite a bit as well. And we're seeing a situation where the hype is coming out for Watkins. Yeah. I think obviously Rager didn't have um, best, I guess, rookie season. So I think people probably a little bit down on him and people are, do like to jump for that new shiny toy. So um, I, I still think there's heading into that second year a lot to be offered by Rager. I think the offense is going to be much better this year than it was last year. So I, I do think that he's interesting. The thing obviously with them then is the, the week 14 bye. Um, for this particular format will be in the final week of the playoffs um, at the moment we only have one guy that would fall into that that would be Gasicki um, and obviously we would have time as well throughout the season to maybe manipulate the team through the waiver wire as well if we did get to that point and had to, to look ahead to the playoffs if things were going well but it's just um, something probably to take into consideration but at the moment Sean we do have a situation where we're two picks away Ruggs is there Ruggs for me the, the clear option here if he lasts those two more picks. Yeah, it's interesting that the quarterbacks have been very inexpensive in this draft. Uh, Matthew Stafford is still available. I know a lot of people are excited about what he could do with the Rams. Jalen Hurts, the quarterback there for the Eagles, still available. Uh, really a, a huge no-brainer at this point, even with the championship week by in 14 Trey Lance is still available, and not surprisingly, Joe Burrow is still available. So uh, maybe a little bit more pressure to consider a quarterback at this point, uh, Colin, with those guys there. I mean, one of the things is you can have a value, you can have a value. The value can go one pick ahead of you, but then also if you have got another position that you have to address, then, you know, the, the value isn't going to last, you know, through another 24 picks if you pass on them in a range. Like if we pass on them in the 11, 12, I mean, it's not going to come back in round 13. And so we really have some difficult choices in terms of what to do at QB when we're on the clock for these next couple of picks yes we are on the clock the qb is interesting um I, I you mentioned trey lance i think would be would be somebody i'd be interested in here um i think there's the option to pair him up but the way quarterback is played out in this i think we could go with one quarterback at the next turn so if we look at the or sorry not at the next turn at the next pick if we look at our wide receivers after this point sean for me there is a drop off from rugs we mentioned rager but i still would have rugs quite a bit ahead of rager my thought would be here to take rugs and then to take quarterback then in the, the following round okay so we'll... was that kind of what you were thinking or yeah well i was thinking that we could potentially take two uh, the the pick here that has has kind of caused us some perhaps mildly negative trickle down effects has now been the AJ Dillon pick. If we had a wide receiver in that pick, then we would be all set to take these quarterback values, really get two of them. But where we were at QB or where we were at wide receiver, we definitely needed to get another one there. Uh, there's a lot of buzz around Brian Edwards. It may not be even Henry Ruggs who ends up being the guy in Las Vegas, but another sort of uh, peripheral nice benefit of the way this is setting up for us, uh, we're weaker at wide receiver, and yet the buys line up 6, 7, 8, 9, 12. We don't have any double buys at this point. And so with that being the case, I, I think that what's happened here at wide receiver now kind of sets us up to have a chance to take some of these late guys that we really enjoy. That part of it will be fun, and the QBs continue to fall. So there are four picks ahead of us. Stafford, Hurts, Lance, Burrow, also on the board. Colin, I think we're going to get a good player in round 12. Yeah, and part of my process for 
going rugs was obviously the positional scarcity, I guess, in that tier. But we also have the teams after us in Team 10, Team 11, Team 12 all have one quarterback. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott. So there's a chance that one of them will go and look at the... Now there's a chance that they all decide to take quarterbacks here after I've mentioned that. But um, I thought that, that would help push those guys down to us. So um, hopefully we'll have our option. For me, I, at this point, Sean, we're going to talk about later on in the draft getting one of those quarterbacks that we we like maybe even the Fitzpatrick that, that you mentioned for me if Lance is there I would really be shooting for that upside with him is he is he your selection um or, or are we looking at Stafford Hurts or, or Tannehill over him I, I think that Lance I mean it's just the fun one you kind of have to like go just to me, yeah. <laughs> but I mean Hurts at this point is kind of silly right I mean he's getting knocked down because I think at least in part that buy, um, but I mean, he's, he's around 10 value. And- he's, he's fallen in so many leagues. That, like I've drafted him in the 12th round a couple of times over the last two or three weeks. It's just, people have just decided to go off, but uh, obviously the news breaking today, Gardner Minshew uh, traded to the Eagles, but I'm not overly concerned about that either. But I think that if you get a veteran quarterback later, having Trey Lance gives you that freedom then for when, whether he starts week one or whether it's week four, week five. Um, I still think that and it could be week seven, week six by week, might take him in after that. But so for you, it's between Hertz and Lance. Um, I, I would still lean towards Lance, um, but I'm, I'm open to the Hertz pick as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Hertz is going to score more points because he's going to start the season. And I think that, you know, the Gardner Minshew trade is about their backup situation. It, it would be pretty dark for Jalen Hurts if he's actually got a contend with Gardner Minshew. I like Minshew. I think that they didn't give him the right situation there in Jacksonville and he came out so hot as a rookie. And yet, I mean, come on. I mean, Hurts gives you a much better chance to win. He's going to be the guy there. I mean, who knows? At this point, maybe he falls all the way back through, but more likely someone like Burrow might fall the way back through. Colin Trey Lance did fall to us. We are going to make that pick. Uh, it gives us some sexiness to this particular draft. <laughs> we always want to come out with some of that. And so now we're kind of looking at it and thinking, okay, well, we've got a guy who's going to average 37 points a game once he becomes the full-time starter. And then, you know, like with Michael Vick, when he came back from all of his misadventures, we have a player who will be unstoppable and we were able to select him in round 12. Yeah, no, I think quarterbacks have, um, you know, Stafford goes off the board next. Quarterbacks have gone uh, quite a bit later than I would have expected here, but I think Trey Lance there's a, a really, really nice a nice pickup. Um, and there is lots of options later. We're seeing lots of drafts where some of the, the guys aren't going off the board like Big Ben or Derek Carr, and, you know, they're, they're not. We t- you talked about se- <laughs> sexy picks. They're not sexy picks, but they're picks that if we don't have a quarterback, uh come week one you know the, there's still options on the waiver wire and things like that but uh i think that um lance there is is a lot of fun um and getting him and getting rugs as well i think puts us in a, a better position from um an overall build and a construction off the roster we are gonna wait a right and a half to get back to our next selection sean but you mentioned now the, the flexibility we do have at this point we we can kind of to lean one way or the other i think the ideal situation is 
one of those quarterbacks that you mentioned continues to to fall down and and we get an option for them in that 13th round um if they aren't there um where where are you looking at that point and that is the range that we we tend to see somebody like Cole Komet going um we have two tight ends do we do we still try and lean that way or do we do we stick to our two tight end build at this point I think if you get down into round 13 and Komet is still there then you've got to really strongly consider it he's someone who is going in in round 13 but I mean that's that's below where he should be right I mean he should be around 12 around 11 pick uh, he goes in the first half of round 13 obviously we pick in the second half of round 13 behind him it gets pretty bleak now uh, Jarwin interesting because of the Thursday night game it is a situation where I think Dalton Schultz in the last round is interesting as a result of that as well we talked about Pat Fairmuth so there are some other guys but having that third high upside tight end is something that you know, you, you need to have as many bullets as possible when you're trying to figure out how you're going to manage some of these positions that are tricky now. Uh, to a certain extent, all the positions are tricky. And so we're looking for upside throughout with all of our picks, with the perhaps exception of if we had an extreme zero RB build, maybe we'd be looking at a McKissick, a James White, as we came back through here to make sure we had some of that receiving value. Blair Andrews, uh, you know, again, one of the just extraordinary wrong read articles coming out this week looking at advanced stats at the running back position a lot of cool stuff on before contact yards after contact yards and uh, the way that that fits into creating a fantasy profile but also this receiving element and how the receiving continues to be undervalued and so you have some of those guys who can come in and bridge that gap column with what we've done at running back i don't think there is as much necessity to do that but at a certain point in the draft, then McKissick and White become no-brainers again, even with what we have earlier on. At the same time, with what we do have earlier on, players like a Chuba Hubbard, a Darrington Evans become uh, easier guys to select because you don't have to play them in week one. So I, I like what we're kind of heading toward in round 13 here. A lot of the people I'm excited about are still available. Yeah, no, it's going to give us a lot of flexibility. Usually when we're at this point, we're trying to, to hammer into those uh, running backs that you just mentioned there and, you know, trying to get Hubbard, Evans, those sort of guys on on your roster. But in this, we will have options. So that that's going to be quite nice. Um, I think overall it's, it's a really uh, beneficial construction. So we'll see how things play out. We have full eight picks to go before we get to uh, where we're where we're picking we are at the back end of round 12 at this point we're seeing some of those running backs go off the board we did just see Cole Komet go off the board um to the team with Christian McCaffrey in the one spot pairs him up with Herb Smith as his tight end have to say Sean that uh team one is, is doing quite a nice job you mentioned a moment ago that he took Brady and Fields in back-to-back picks picked up JD McKissick Cole Komet there so things uh still not been thrown away by the the team number one I, i'm i'm giving up hoping that happening at this particular point um zach Ertz goes off the board so the more of these guys we see going off the board that we haven't talked about obviously the more beneficial it is to us but uh disappointing to see to see Komet go off the board um we're still i think sean leaning towards quarterback and for me um with the picks that remain between there's there's three quarterbacks that we'll be kind of looking at here in hearts Tannehill, and borrow um still off the mindset that if those one of those three are available we, we take them here at this this pick now that commit's gone i think so at the same time 
if we're getting to a point where we think that both of those guys, well, the, the, because they're both there, one of those guys will come back around. Uh, Ryan Tannehill sits in between them ADP-wise. He's also there. We're not interested in him, but he could push down Joe Burrow one more spot. Uh, it is a situation where after Burrow, I think that the value craters from the perspective of, you know, are you going to get that extremely elite season? Now, just earlier in the show, I mentioned that Mayfield, Fitzpatrick, Wilson – do give you some of that upside. But I think that Burrow is one of these guys who could emerge with a Patrick Mahomes type of passing season. And so, you know, it would be difficult to pass on him here for a wide receiver. <laughs> We're not even sure is going to be a clear cut starter at the same time. Receiver is still the position that we're weakest at in terms of being able to build a team that hammers the bye weeks that has the overall upside to win the entire tournament. Now, by sucking Jalen Rager, you're not necessarily going to be putting yourself in a position to win the entire tournament. At the same time, you follow what he's been doing in practice. You look back at what his profile was coming into the NFL, and it looks more and more like that rookie season was uh, partly a result of the injuries that he faced, which, I mean, when you're being constantly compared to Justin Jefferson – and you're out there playing hurt. I mean, that's that's going to be a very difficult scenario. Also, it's within the context of Carson Wentz playing at a level that you know would make Brady Quinn embarrassed. And so, uh, when you're looking at it from that perspective, I think that uh, Rager, someone who I still have a lot of enthusiasm for and think that he could be, you know, maybe the bounce back guy that we're expecting rugs to be. He could be someone who comes out and scores a lot of points as teams focus on Devonte Smith. Yeah. So unfortunately, um, Hertz just did not get back and nearly got there. 1305, three picks before us. But the good news is that you mentioned Tannehill. He was selected, pushed uh, Burrow back to us. So we are on the clock with 47 seconds to pick. I think, Sean, for me, Burrow is the clear pick here, as you mentioned, with the, the tear break. And then I think the focus goes then to the wide receiver position. Yeah, so let's select Burrow. Uh, coming out of the draft with Lance and Burrow and having to pay 12th and 13th round prices, I think that's something that sort of redeems our running back heavy start to an extent in that you know we had some zero RB targets in that range. He would have been a lot of fun. Chuba Hubbard did go in a couple of picks before us, and so he didn't make it back. You know, If he had made it back and we were in a position to add him to just a three-running back start or even a two-running back start, that would have been kind of interesting. But to have it kind of match up with a draft where the QBs fell, you know, now you're kind of thinking that, okay, we got uh, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson type of upside, especially if, if the guys do, you know, if Burrow plays and is healthy, if Lance – Know, gets in there somewhat early and then you can even start and mix and match against some of the matchup situations then i mean you're not streaming the quarterbacks obviously but just having two guys with really high upside i think that that can be under appreciated because you then can take the matchups that work for you and so i i'm very excited about having those qbs well, it's about this time in the draft it's important to kind of go through and look and see if you know we're missing anything we obviously have our queue filled with 20 plus players we've got our tiers you know we know what positions we have and what our buy situation is which looks very very good in terms of handling both the uh, championship weeks handling the overlap uh, I mean, this is really about the best buy situation that we've drafted all season <laughs> manage that element of it anything that we're missing here as we head into round 14 pick 
I think we're we're missing um, some more wide receivers. Uh, that's probably about about it at this point. I think quarterbacks done at this point. I think it's done and dusted. Uh, running backs, there is still going to be the options. I'm going to talk to you here in a second about uh, a couple of options. I think that Rager is probably going to be our selection if we go wide receiver, but we do have the option of James White or Darrington Evans, who are quite interesting uh, as running backs. If we wanted to kind of seed that out, but we do have some running backs later that we we really like and we have wide receivers we like but we're more selective in those wide receivers so i think rager is probably the one that i'd be be pushing for here to to add to that wide receiver room um any concerns of rager versus watkins i think you know you mentioned it a few times but i I still think we're probably going to see rager um and if it's not a clear wide receiver two situation it's going to be a a one or a two a two b kind of thing but any reason that you would take Watkins over Rager? I don't think so. I think that Rager's draft situation and his prospect profile coming in, the explosiveness that he brings to the table, you know, he's been making these Odell Beckham catches in practice. I think that we have to go that direction. Now, if Watkins lasts to the end of the draft, I think that he's someone who, especially since we're light at wide receiver, we're going to want to add on to there because then you have a little bit of that optionality, right? If, if you're wrong on Rager, but suddenly right on Watkins, then you still get the payoff. I think that Watkins' upside is, is not going to be the same. If Rager really hits, then you're talking about someone who is a weekly starter. Watkins is probably more of a difficult weekly start, but uh, setting it up that way does give you the situation to where you would have the guys to be able to potentially cover some buys and, and that kind of of thing and so walking someone we're definitely looking at we did take rager there uh now column it's a long wait until round 15 and frequent listeners probably know what i'm about to say but i think the kj hamler watch starts now and what a cliffhanger to end this part off the draft on we'll have to leave it there sean setting that up that was not planned but i think that was uh, absolutely perfect so we are through uh, 14 of our selections we will be back with the rest of the draft i hope you are enjoying listening in as always we do thank you for checking out the show if you are enjoying it leave us a written interview on your favorite podcast app that does help us out a lot we're getting close to the season we're enjoying bringing you all these shows and of course as you want if you want to get ready for the season with that rotoviz pass all you have to do is add the code rv radio 2021 at checkout on rotoviz.com get yourself 10 percent off on the website of that nfl pass get yourself set up with all the tools all the content sean has dropped his zero rb article this week or three parts off it there will be an update coming next week as well get that there and much much more up on rotaviz.com or go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to you can check out all of sean's work as i mentioned up on rotaviz.com until we're back just check if we can get kj hamler or not have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.